Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. ago, in this quiet forest, in this cozy cabin, something happened. Something so frightening. Something so deadly. Something so evil. We prayed it would never happen again. From the theater of Evil Dead comes Evil Dead 2. Welcome to Rewatchability. It's the podcast where we rewatch old movies and see if they're rewatchable, right? That's, that's the it. thing. Yeah, that's what we do. That's the premise. No, we see if they hold up, whether they spark something in today's climate. Sure. I don't know. Sometimes we do that. Yeah, I think this movie is going to do it for sure. (laughs) Definitely a Trump allegory. (laughs) For sure. I think Evil Dead was Trump's college nickname. He didn't go to college. (laughs) Didn't he go to like military academy or something? Or was that high school? Yeah, he probably did. It is something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> let's talk about something more pleasant than the Donald Trump administration. The living dead. <laughs> <laughs> Literally anything. <laughs> Holy or unholy. But before we do that, we want to thank our Patreons. Those are the folks who help us out by giving one, three, five dollars a month. And that helps us keep the show going. And in return, we give you the podcast early. And there's also sometimes some bonus content. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Some classic episodes that we haven't put up yet. Yeah. That sort of thing. It's great. <laughs> you really sold it. You'd be a terrible used car salesman. You should be like, yeah, no, you should buy this car. It's it's, it's amazing. It's great. It's, wow. Yeah. It's Correction, cool. I was a terrible used car salesman. <laughs> no. But today we are talking about Evil Dead 2, the 1987 comedic horror by Sam mm-hmm. Raimi featuring Bruce Campbell. And it's a sort of sequel quasi remake of the original Evil Dead more importantly, a prequel to Army of Darkness, I'd say. Well, that's also More true. importantly. Yeah, I love Army of Darkness so much. Okay. So. Did you guys did that on this show, too. Yeah, we yeah, did. We did. Uh, like a couple of years ago? I don't think it was, was a while. Like, yeah, it was a while ago. Yeah. Let's get into it. I'm sure mm-hmm. we all have a very intimate history with this movie. Jam, when was the first time you saw Evil Dead? When did you get intimate with Evil Dead? <laughs> I put on a silk bathrobe. Oh, this is uh, getting good. No, we should also mention that we were going to do this with a guest. Like, it's oh, kind yeah. of a weird time of year to talk about Evil Dead 2. I don't think spring so. Spring horror? 
It's like a cottage movie. They're packing up the car. They're going away for the weekend. Mm -hmm. They're going to get some romance happening. (laughs) It's springtime. It's the kind of meeting season. It's the May long weekend coming up. It's kind of when people traditionally open up their cottages. Yeah. To the the dead. Yeah. So let this serve as a warning. (laughs) (laughs) Don't read any odd books. Yeah. Just don't read books out loud. Or listen to any of the real tapes. (laughs) Just listen to podcasts. Yeah. Fine. When did I first see it? Oh, man. I was maybe in junior high. And I remember I bought it. I bought the VHS Sight unseen. Yeah, I'd never seen it before. And I was just in like a used bookstore or something and it was cheap. Why did you, like what attracted you to it? Did it you know anything about it? a skull on the front. Okay. No, I, I knew it was supposed to be good. Okay. I may have even seen Army of Darkness at that point. Okay. Right, yeah. And so the, in a way it kind of was a prequel to Army of Darkness for me because I think I had seen Army of Darkness and this filled in a lot of gaps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd say. Yeah. But yeah, I just bought it and really enjoyed it. It was like a good introduction to horror in a way. I think, well, the kind of, I think the first like real, what you might call a real horror movie for me as a kid was An American Werewolf in London. Right. You and love I, that movie. That's I love that movie. Favorites. And I think this movie is a good kind of gateway to horror for kids in the same way that that movie is because there's a lot of humor in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's not overly complicated. <laughs> it's definitely not complicated. No. But I mean, like, it's, it's just got, like, a plot that, like, kids can latch onto. So I don't rem- remember this as a movie. Like, I, I think I watched it by myself first on the tape. I loved yeah. it. And it would become something, you know, you'd bring to parties with friends or hangouts with friends over the years. And, and it's just one of the mo- those movies I watch, you know, from time to time. Mm-hmm. And actually, a few years ago, I did one of those. Well, you came to that the one of those horror movie debates oh, with, yeah. with friend of the show Alex West, yeah. and we defended Evil Dead Two as the best horror sequel against what against what movie Dawn of the Dead, uh-huh. Exorcist Three, <laughs> yeah, which is the crazy one mm-hmm. <laughs> with Fabio in it briefly. And what was the other one? I can't remember the other one now. But yeah, we had to defend it. And so I watched it a bunch for that. So, wow. you know, it hadn't been that long since I'd seen it. Did you point. win? Because that's an easy defense. I don't I think like... we won. Oh, what? I actually, I don't remember who won. I don't think it was us. Bullshit. You would have, have remembered been... winning something for once in your life. Yeah, it might have been, it might have been Exorcist because it was one of those things where like everyone thought they wouldn't be able to defend it. Right. So it was more they... impressive. Exactly. Yeah. But Whereas I... Evil Dead 2, as Jack Black says in High Fidelity, is like the greatest movie of all time. Yeah, well, I wouldn't go that far. And you know, I'll, Jack Black says it. It must be true. <laughs> you know, I'll try my best to like talk about the film and stuff, but I feel like this is a movie that has such diehard fans. Yeah, like, a lot of people are very franchise. emotional. Yeah, and uh, I mean, <laughs> there's even like a sitcom that was recently canceled. But we'll talk yeah. about that later. What about you, Blaine? My window into this kind of trilogy was Army of Darkness too. It was like my my friend had this huge VHS collection, and this was one of them. And he's like, "You have to check this out. It's so crazy." And I thought that he had like taped it off TV because it seemed to start halfway through the story. Uh-oh. Like it's just this guy is already in medieval times from the future, and I was like, "What is going? On? Like, yeah. isn't there like a lead up to this?" Right. Which is cool. Then I saw Evil Dead Two and Evil Dead, and yeah, I loved them. I loved them so much. I loved everything about them. Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell. Wow. I got like the Book of the Dead d- DVD. Wait, <laughs> yeah, remember that like rubber? You didn't get the book. Yeah. <laughs> no. no, it's it's shaped like the book that yeah. DVD. Yeah, yeah. I think it's the same material they use for flashlights. <laughs> oh God! I mean, a lot of people fuck that hope. Necronomicon. <laughs> 
before the flashlight was introduced on the market. Oh my God. Yeah, I sold that book. I'm, I don't know what happened to it. Oh God. I told the story on Army of Darkness podcast, but we went to see Bruce Campbell when I was younger. Uh, his If Chins Could Kill right. book came out and I went up with the Necronomicon and I was like, hey, can you sign this? And he's like, now you have both books. And I was like, what? Because you had to buy his book to get the signature, uh. but I didn't know that. So, so you didn't buy his book and they threw you out? Yeah. Basically. No, they didn't throw me out. Yeah. They just, I just didn't buy the book. Did he sign the... Uh, yeah, he did. Thing? Yeah. So do you still have it? Yeah, I must. I must somewhere. You can't lose that. No, I don't know. That's like, you got to give that to your grandchildren. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it was a DVD, so it was all scratched up and stuff. Oh, know. yeah. No, it won't yeah. be. You won't be able to play it. No. No. Uh, but yeah, I love these movies. And there's so much about this movie behind the scenes and how it got made and all that stuff that's yeah. like, kind of really cool. Like Stephen King had a hand in it, and I love the fact that like Sam Raimi lived with so many actors and right. the Coen Brothers, yeah, and, and that, Francis that sort of legendary house, Helen Hunt, uh, Kathy Bates, yeah, it's none like, of those people are in this movie. No. <laughs> no. Well, uh, the Coens had a hand in in helping with this movie, didn't they? Didn't they help edit it or something? Yeah, I think yeah. that might be true. Yeah, yeah. For or was sure. that the first one? Something like that. I think they did do the first one. One of them was the editor on the first. Okay, one, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. See, I yeah. feel like already like. Evil Dead fans are listening to this podcast and are just annoyed. Yeah, yeah like they're off. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck these guys. But the editing is really good. Rob, yeah. what about you? Well, so my sort of entry point to the franchise, I remember hearing about Evil Dead and seeing like the poster and the poster for Evil Dead 2 is amazing. It's like yeah. one of the most iconic posters with the skull sort of looking sideways. And then when I started to get interested in like movies that were more cult, Evil Dead came up. But I saw the first one first crazy enough yeah and i really loved it it was like one of the best cinematic viewing experiences of my life i think whoa whoa. like where did you see it like at home or did you yeah i saw it at home in a dark basement but it like (laughs) i don't know it felt like i was really in that cabin how all teenagers watch movies yeah that's good (laughs) did they lock you in the basement like was that was it like a secret cinema thing where it just like replicated the the old woman down there i mean not the room but room (laughs) You were down there with your son? <laughs> yeah, we love this movie. Yeah, We don't Us talk about your son enough on the podcast. <laughs> fathered in the... Are you 80s? listening, Chico? <laughs> but, uh, so you love the first one, wow. Yeah, and yeah, that, most people don't. Yeah, but I thought it's bad and it's not as aware as this movie is, but I think that sort of makes it funner. Like when the woman gets stabbed in the ankle with the pencil and it looks so awful. It's all Play-Doh. Oh my God. (laughs) But I love it. I love it. (laughs) And Army of Darkness, I got on DVD and I watched it like over and over again. You can listen to that episode. (laughs) But Evil Dead 2, I honestly, I tried to watch it a few times and I didn't really get into it. I thought I had seen it in its entirety, but there were things that I really didn't remember when I rewatched it this time. It was sort of like the one that I skipped. I loved Evil Dead Loved Army of Darkness. Evil Dead 2, I think I saw the beginning of it three or four times. Wow. And some, like, fever dream parts in the middle <laughs> and towards the end. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole movie. It's just this fever dream. It's yeah, maybe just, I did see it it's all. It's loosely tied together <laughs> sketches, really. But, yeah, so I'm so interested to see whether you think it's it's rewatchable. Then, Me too. Because like, if, if it holds up with the other two that you love so much. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll find out. Yeah. We'll see. Do you want to give us a rundown of the plot? No. Okay. No. <laughs> Why are you refusing? Are you is this is it too scary? Well, I don't want to summon any demons or whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Okay, you can do the plot in like different order if you okay. want. So All it's right. not gonna. But it sort of starts much like I mean, the first part is supposed to be like a remake of Evil Dead, except that it doesn't have like half the characters. Yeah, well, they were gonna have the whole cast come back for it, and then they were like, "Nah, this is too much to do in <laughs> ten minutes to recap the whole first movie." So. Well, they also they didn't have the rights to the original movie, oh, so that's why they couldn't just show footage from it. Yeah. yeah. Well, they made it for Army of Darkness, so it's like it's weird that it's been filmed three times. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. for sure. We can't get this right. (laughs) Well, it did allow them to like make some significant changes to for sure to the story. Like they basically got rid of several characters. Yeah, Yeah. well, and and kept Necronomicon around. Yeah, yeah, they burned that in the first one. Yeah, yeah, they were not thinking ahead. No. No, they weren't thinking sequel on this. No. Well, so anyway, Ash and his girlfriend, Linda, Mm -hmm. they're going to this abandoned cabin in the woods for a romantic getaway. And it starts off innocuous enough. Ash plays a little bit of piano. (laughs) You know what struck me, though, is that Bruce Campbell's always looked like a lounge singer. Like, he's always looked like he's 40 years old. Yeah. Like, when I saw him, I was like, oh, he looks younger. (laughs) Like, he doesn't, (laughs) he's never looked young. He kind of has, like, a Liberace look to him. Yeah, like he's—it's—it's it's like a—I don't know—he always looks yeah. adult. Like if, if Liberace played that bad guy from Beauty and the Beast, <laughs> <laughs> what Garcon? Garcon. That's that that his boy. <laughs> well, no, oh, Gaston. There we go. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, like a leaner one. But he's got that big chin. You know, he's got that mm. kind of what you'd expect, like a matinee idol. Yeah, like, like yeah. I think that's partly the fun of the movie too. Totally, is well, to like take this handsome movie star good looks guy and just degrade him <laughs> for 90 minutes well, or 80 minutes he, he is so schmaltzy like a lounge singer throughout the entire yeah. thing well his like acting in the first 20 minutes of the movie yeah. is so hammy and yeah. bad want me to get some champagne baby mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just so like chewing up the scenery <laughs> after all i'm a man and you're a woman <laughs> at least last time i checked <laughs> okay bomb bomb Yeah, but I mean that's you know his thing, and that's intentional. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is. But watching it, it's sort of hard to read because we're taught to believe that acting is supposed to be believable. You're not supposed to see the performance, and like that's what it is. Yeah, like this whole movie is that you can see the performance in everyone. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's what's probably great about it. Yeah, exactly. If it's great. (laughs) But anyway, just as they're about to pop the champagne. They sort of wander around and they find this tape recorder. Yeah, this is what. Now, so, a tape recorder is like a, a primitive podcast. It's like a Zoom, right? Yeah. It's like a Pono. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because he finds a tape recorder and he's like, I found a tape recorder. And his girlfriend in the next room is like, play it. Like, she doesn't... See what's on it. Yeah. It's but that weird. sort of makes sense. I mean, you have your like cottage media, right? All the old shit that you don't want sitting around your house. If you have mm. a cottage, you put it in the cottage under the presumption that someday you're going to listen to that Eagles Greatest Hits cassette. Why are they at this cottage again? It's not their cottage. No, They no. just are like looting yeah. tape players. Ash is a yeah. trespasser. He gets what he deserves, frankly. <laughs> the cottage is like, fuck, you don't know me. <laughs> but it's just like a security system you can install. Just have like demons. <laughs> Terrorize intruders. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably a bad idea. Yeah, might get out what of hand. What could go wrong? <laughs> yeah. But so the tape recorder reads the words out loud. I'm not going to repeat them. Yeah, don't do it. But at that instant, 
some evil force comes through the window and takes his girlfriend. Yeah. Mm. She, she's going to be fine, I think. Nah, I'm not so sure. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we're still kind of in the... That's the setup. The setup bit. We're still yeah. in the first movie. Sounds yeah. a bunch of actors. Yeah. Actually, yeah, we're still in the first movie because then there's like the, also the part where he his girlfriend comes back. That's right. Well, yeah. That's still the first movie. Yeah. She comes back and he like decapitates her with a shovel yeah. Yeah. which it's, does not work I, I can tell you from it takes four or five oh my god uh, six or seven hacks <laughs> but it's also a time saver because you need the shovel to do the burying yeah nah, works yeah yeah it's weird because he's like oh you're freaking me out because you're acting very different but then he just she jumps at him and he just hacks her head off like it's that's like a big a big reaction it's a big leap <laughs> yeah yeah and i love like the the head rolling through the air. Yeah. yeah. That's everything yeah. rolls through the air in this movie. It's so clearly like made of paper mache. And then you have the great claymation stuff with her dancing in the woods and all that stuff. Oh yeah. yeah. I actually like that. Yeah, it's like satanic Will Vinton stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of amazing. Yeah. But that's where this movie like starts to sort of go off the rails. He kills his girlfriend, buries her, she comes back to life and they like just wail on each other for twenty minutes. Yeah, well, it's weird. It's weird that because he kills his girlfriend, buries. Her. When did he try to escape? He tries to escape way after he tr- he buries his girlfriend, right? Yeah, I think the next morning is when he goes to the bridge and he sees that it's out. Yeah, so he, he tries think, to cover uh, yeah. up a murder. That's what I'm saying. If it's more realistic, he'd kill his girlfriend, then just leave her there and be like, "Okay, everyone's going to think this professor guy killed this woman," <laughs> <laughs> and then just take off. <laughs> Wipe down his fingerprints from the piano. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then the next morning. Oh, yeah. Wait, but we got to talk about, I love, I love his reaction when he sees that the bridge is out. Oh, yeah. No! <laughs> it's the biggest, like, Wilhelm scream like, oh, I've know. ever seen. And the bridge is like not just out. It's so it's like a bridge that's a kilometer in the air, first of all. I yeah, don't know it's like curled into like this iron claw. <laughs> yeah. 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 In the original, it's just like the bridge falls apart and they can't drive over it. Here it's yeah. like, yeah, it's like magically contorted. Yeah. But also it's like a huge bridge. It looks like London Bridge. It's like a huge river that it's why is there this bridge in the middle of nowhere? <laughs> I know. Next to this cabin in the middle of the woods. Just for that one cabin. <laughs> Professor really needs that bridge. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't you, know you just what? move your cabin to the other side of the river? <laughs> There's a couple of unrealistic things in Evil Dead too. It's just occurred to me. Yeah, and then the like the egregious green screen where he like watches the sunset in front of him. It's oh, I so like great. That. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. good. And I love. It's, the, it's, I mean, it's pretty arty. I love the like map painting when they're first coming over the bridge in the car. Yeah. Like I, I love like the heightened reality of all of those shots. Yeah. Oh, but we skipped over one of the crazy parts where he gets the demon in him. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was like sort of the not cliffhanger because the they the... probably didn't know it would be a sequel. But that was the end of Evil Dead. Is yeah, right. He gets attacked by the sort of unseen force, mm-hmm. and then the sun comes out and everything's okay. 
Yeah, the sun cures the the demon from him. It burns easily. <laughs> yeah, and there's that like horrible prosthetic eye that he has. It's like they reversed photography the cloudiness in it. Oh, oh it's yeah, so weird. Oh. it's so weird. Yeah, it doesn't look like an eye at all. I don't know. It's I weird. kind of I, I love, love all the prosthetics in this. Me too. Well, like, yeah, because they're so much grosser than you'd get with CG because they're inhuman in a way. Yeah, I don't even care that they look fake. The right. monster at the end looks like some sort of like demon carnival like thing but mm-hmm. it's kind of awesome yeah. just because everything nowadays tries to look so like realistic and crazy looking there's yeah. a lot of puppets there's a lot of like uh, puppets are scary yeah like what one, one <laughs> Pinocchio, of his, he's scary <laughs> one of his like zombie girlfriend scenes is just like a puppet torso on like you know a platform with wheels being hurled at him. Like all go watch. There's oh, like in the cat in the shed. shed yeah. yeah. There's, if you go on YouTube, there are just like kind of videos of raw footage of the making of this movie. And it's great. Just go and watch them. Yeah. There's so much fun stuff. Yeah. And oh, it's, there's something, yeah. I mean, like people have said this lots, like the CG, like looks more photorealistic, but it doesn't feel real in the same way. Something that looks fake, like a puppet just gives you like that visceral reaction. Yeah. Yeah. Something we, our brains recognize in something that we know is physically there. Right. Yeah. Well, and it also looks it, it, because it doesn't look real. It adds that extra element of like, oh, I don't like There's this. There's an like, unrealness. Makes my skin crawl. Yeah. But not like the, you know, not a bland unrealness. Yeah. Yeah. Like exactly. even that like dancing scene, like that has like a creepiness to it. And like the, the stop motion, like it feels yeah. weird. Yeah the overabundance of blood in this movie. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, we haven't talked about the other part of the plot, which is that the professor's daughter Mm -hmm. and her beau come, (laughs) (laughs) come back. They're off wherever, I guess, Sumeria or somewhere Mm -hmm. where they're doing more archeological stuff and getting the lost pages of the book of the dead. It's a concept art for the third movie. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the the Necronomicon looks like my high school notebook. Well, no, it just looks like, like this notebook. It looks like that notebook that you were reading the notes for Evil Dead 2 off. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this is the Necronomicon. <laughs> One thing I didn't know before looking into the movie today is that they wanted the Army of Darkness story to be the sequel. Yeah, right. They yeah. didn't want to necessarily do like a retread of the plot of the original. They couldn't get enough money. They yeah. got like, you know, $400,000 less than they thought they would. And so they had to scrap the medieval thing. Or yeah. put it off temporarily. Yeah. 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 I sure. mean, you get a bit of it at the end. A little bit. And when it does, like, I remember. And another scream from him. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, but that then it's good because it's like referencing the Charlton Heston Yeah, for screen. sure. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, when it does go back to the medieval part, it's like fucking awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, it's silly. It's so weird. I love when they're like, I mean, we haven't talked about these these goofs arriving to the cabin. but these goofs. Yeah, they're a bunch of goofs. But yeah, she's like going through the Necronomicon with the missing pages. And he's like, who's that? Wearing my shirt in the future. Like, it's like, oh, this guy is the guy that was, was said to like cleanse the evil from the past. Yeah. yeah I totally, but it looks like him. Like, it looks like his shirt. I don't know. It's, it's so it's funny. It's a generic shirt. <laughs> yeah. But he I means. says Bruce Campbell underwear. You can't tell he has a chainsaw for a hand. So you think at a certain point when he puts a chainsaw where his yeah. hand should be, he'd be like, oh, yeah, this is kind of <laughs> like. This is like all that coming ancient, together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he was influenced by that drawing. I will say, you know, cutting to that scene of the daughter at the airport was a little taking me out of the movie. I get, I get, we have to have the story of 
these people coming and it gives you a bit of a, sure. a break from what's going on in the cabin. But even just having it at, at an airport was just so outside of the claustrophobia and like the I, I totally removed from society. Agree. Yeah. Like if you shot through the door and you heard like a girl scream, like you do in that scene. And then it's someone that's coming to the cabin with more pages from that. Like that's interesting. Right. Like we yeah. lean in at that point. Or even like, you know, coming down the road or even at, at the bridge. Yeah. I feel like that was probably, you know, like a response to not having any money in the first one. And we're mm-hmm. like, well, we've got a bit of a budget here. Yeah. Let's get a plane. Know, yeah. Get an airplane in there. <laughs> we can have a party in it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's the same car. They're loading a suitcase into the, into the same car. Cause they only can afford one car in this movie. Like it's very, right. it's pretty funny. And that car is in every Sam Raimi movie, right? Is it? Yeah, he tries to put that. Oh, that yeah. car is played by Ted Raimi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. isn't his like his childhood car the car that his parents gave him or something like that? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I like part of what I like about this movie and about these movies is that I, I mean, I read the Bruce Campbell book and Sam Raimi's like such a personable director. Mm-hmm. They seem to have like personality, or they seem to like give themselves over to having personality and like mm-hmm. inviting you into their world. Yeah, I mean, while it's such an out there movie, and that's why it's like attained this cult status. Is that like it does feel like it's made for one particular person, but it, or I mean, you when you're watching it, yeah. So that's why, it, I mean, it does feel personal. It does feel like it's uh, something special that way. Yeah. But anyway, so these guys, they come, the bridge is out. So some like local yokels help them by guiding them down a, a trail. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, the bridge is out and they somehow find a way around like kilometers in the air. I don't know. It's yeah. Very, very I, funny. I, don't, I don't know if they know how trails work. <laughs> no. Yeah. And there's it some takes comedy. Them eight days. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I kind of believe it because Bruce Campbell at this point is being tortured too, right? He's cut off his hand because the evil stuff has gotten into Oh, it. yeah. Because his decapitated girlfriend's hand bites him and then it yeah. starts going evil. And the yeah. stuff where his hand first has a mind of its own. It's just such great physical comedy. It yeah. just shows you how oh, terrible man. Devin Sawa is. <laughs> In Idle Hands? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, because when he's being dragged across the floor unconscious by his hand. Oh, yeah. Like, it's, That's so good. And the hand is hitting him over the head with dishes. And, and, he, and he, he's hitting with the dishes and do, he's doing somersaults. Like, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. He's great at that stuff. He's really wonderful. Well, I love how frenetic this movie is and how, like, physical. Like, there's a scene where, like, Ash is, like, running through the hallways, through, like, different rooms. It just feels so like you're in there. And I I think that's something that movies don't, like, really try to do anymore. Like, they don't try to take advantage of, like, closed spaces and, like, the actual geography of space. Because you want everything to look so big and look so luxurious on screen. Yeah. Yeah, Well, I mean, you know, it was in the first movie. But, you know, doing that thing where they put the camera on, like, a hunk of wood and, you know, smashing windows and doors with it <laughs> as they follow someone like that kind of it's an audacious movie i mean we're not saying anything new to say that but it really is like even now like thinking about we're kind of going through like an indie horror moment i'd say i mean oh, we yeah. always are there's always great horror movies coming out i'm not saying sure. that because mm-hmm. i think that's like an insipid observation but there is there are a lot of great, like the a24 horror thing is becoming sure. very yeah. much like a mainstream success story yeah and all of those movies are good and I like them, but none of them have ever grabbed me in, in the way that like, I mean, I can't really imagine what it must have been like to see this movie in the 80s. And oh, just yeah. Be like, wow, this is, you know, who who is the guy who made this? And like, 
You know what I mean? Get him a Spider-Man movie. <laughs> or an Oz. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what it's kind of like, I was thinking back about it. It's like, man, this is so great. It's such a a great, almost debut. Well, I mean, the, the first Evil Dead was too, yeah. obviously. But it's just so confident and so original. I can't help but feel like it is a little disappointing, the trajectory that his career took. Because, I mean, he did a lot yeah. of great stuff. He did... Spider-Man's were good. Dark Man and some of the Spider Man. And he's done some other movies in there. Yeah, mm-hmm. but like that Oz movie. Yeah. It's not great. Oh. I- <laughs> Even like Drag Me to Hell, which was kind of his return to the style. Yeah. Is uh, like, it's like this, but super racist. <laughs> oh, no. Really? I haven't seen it. Oh, my God. Time. I had to turn it off. <laughs> yeah, the person I was watching it with was so scared, like so disgusted by the movie they couldn't they couldn't watch. The it's rest like of it. it's like if Borat directed a horror movie. <laughs> it's, it's like if they just took weird racist propaganda cartoons and oh, were like, yeah, God. make that a character in this because it's, it's about like a gypsy woman who's like is a literal monster and like right. actually tries oh, to bite yeah. the character's face off at one point. Yeah. Oh, that's when we had to turn it off when she got like a ruler down her throat. Right. Yeah. Oh God. It's, yeah. It's, it's disgusting. Wow. Movie. Yeah. Pretty... I mean, some parts are fun later when she's cursed and stuff. But I thought the just the setup was even at the time. I mean, it was a few years ago now. But even at the time, I remember people being like, "Oh, okay, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe not so much with this." Everybody knows that Thinner is the best Gypsy Curse movie. Yeah, and apparently, like he almost made a version of. Thinner. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah he like, turned it down. Oh, Evil yeah, that's Dead right. Two. He turned yeah, it down to do Evil Dead Two. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll talk more about Evil Dead Two after this short break. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Let's just remake the first part of the podcast. Yeah, we can do it in 10 minutes, yeah. right? But let's do it with less people. Blaine, can you leave? Yeah, I'll, I'll leave. <laughs> okay, so we're talking about Evil Dead 2. Mm-hmm. It's the quasi-sequel remake to Evil Dead 1. Yeah, The I, Evil Dead. Yes, that's right. They lost the the because Justin Timberlake came in and told Sam Raimi to. <laughs> so we're sort of at the point where... He cuts out his hand. The, all the, the people coming. came back yeah. and they think that... Annie is the the professor's daughter thinks that Ash has killed her parents because mm-hmm. she expects her parents to be there. And then there's this bloody guy without a hand. <laughs> I wasn't saying bloody to sound British, <laughs> but so they like lock him in the cellar. But then it turns out that they're listening to the podcast. I love that part. It's such a great like writing moment where the guy's like listening to that podcast. I had to kill Henrietta <laughs> and bury her in the basement. And then Ash turns around back. and she's like right behind him. <laughs> It's great. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, being more familiar with Army of Darkness, I sort of didn't realize how many, like, beats that Army of Darkness repeats that come directly from Evil Dead 2. Like, I feel like the whole, like, pit hag thing is just is directly from this. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's a lot of callbacks. Yeah, I mean, callbacks. It's all callbacks. Is, <laughs> yeah. It's all callbacks. <laughs> Not yeah. that that diminishes it. No, I mean, well, this whole movie is callbacks. I mean, it takes it goes off in a crazy direction and makes it more of a comedy, but like it does recap the whole first movie. So yeah, see, yeah. I I think 
when we did that debate, I can't totally remember, but I think like one of the arguments against it was that it's more of a comedy yeah. than a horror movie. And I don't think that's the case because, you know, like, I don't know. It's you a thing. It's a comedy. I think it might be a comedy. It's got first. like, it's got like demons vomiting <laughs> blood yeah. and shit. But, yeah. you're, but you're laughing while you're saying it. Cause it's but so egregious and funny, but like, that's a reaction. You know, people have to being scared a lot of the time yeah. is to laugh. I mean, yeah. like, you know, Sam Raimi like equates these kind of movies with like, you know, those sketchy haunted houses that pop up in carnivals where, you know, where you, get in a rickety car and and things pop out of you in the dark and it's not you know you don't come out of a you know a haunted house like that with like a sense of dread that penetrates your soul or something it's like it's a fun ride that has a lot of dad's house (laughs) 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 well you know what i mean like i think that there's a style of horror that is well then more superficial and more visceral but they need to delineate between those two styles of horror because there's horror that like tries to scare you. I don't think this horror is trying to scare anyone. But I think it's trying to like gross people out and like make them laugh and enjoy that's themselves. That's sort of horrifying. Yeah, but it's the same thing. <laughs> Again, it's the same thing with the haunted house. Maybe. It's got things popping out. Yeah, it's not yeah. meant to like scare you, but it's meant to shock you in that moment and yeah. then draw you along to the next thing and do it again. Yeah, but so comedies and horrors are like really uh, like. Uh, the same side, like two sides of the same coin. I you could I'd have yeah. like because a it's... happy face mask and then a screaming face mask. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's kind of the same because you you set things up. You do the things come in threes where you set something up and then you surprise someone with like a different thing and like every joke ever told. Three people walk into a bar and stuff like that. So like horror movies I don't do think that. That's too. how the joke goes. But. <laughs> um, that's the it's, PC it's updated. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, so. I think it's hard to take the comedy out of this movie and call it a horror or, and it's hard to take the horror out of the movie and call it a comedy. But I think it really would fall on the side of comedy more because it, though disgusting things happen, like it's all sketches loosely tied together to form kind of an overarching narrative. But I also think to like say that horror can't incorporate even in large ways, other genres is to really Mm. like diminish horror. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I guess I'm not pure horror. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'm saying. Well, I guess. And also, I think the horror just mixes with the comedy really well. Like, they yeah. almost feel right. the same. They're not like something scary happens and there's a joke about it. Like, they're all connected and all very absurd, right? Like, yeah. the comedy is very much like absurd Three Stooges kind of Definitely. Looney Tunes. There's like a Marx Brothers reference with the mirror. Mm-hmm. And then the horror, too, is also like there's one of the kind of funny and scary things about the sort of mythology of this movie is like there's no rules to it right it's just like oh they can just kind of possess anyone at any time for no reason and And do whatever they want turn into anything you'll be saved by sure the sun a necklace yeah (laughs) it doesn't really matter not ever again though because in army of darkness there's deadites in the light and anyway yeah it's so there's no rules exactly that's what i mean it's it's both scarier and like comically absurd Mm -hmm. and i think that works really well I sort of agree. It's a hard movie to get a grasp on, and that in itself is horrifying. Because <laughs> you're a critic and you want to understand it. Sometimes, because this movie sort of disguises itself as a dumb movie. Right. Like, it's a it's, really good disguise. But like the hammy acting, the bad props, it's hard to tell the line, I think, between intent and we don't know what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. And 
Well, I think it knows exactly what it's doing. Well, I think it does know what it's doing, but it uses its amateurness to an effect. And so, like, when you That's interesting. think, oh, maybe these guys don't know how to make a movie, and then all of a sudden there's these creatures which are flying all over the place, and it's very, like, kinetic. It's like, it, it is a sort of horror to sort of grasp why is this all of a sudden have me engrossed when I was just three minutes ago dismissing it. Hmm. And also, I think by, like, doing almost a remake of a uh, no-budget movie allows them to do what you're saying and kind of use that to their advantage and surprise you because it has the setup of like a schlocky, you know, B movie with, with that has no money to spare. But then in the end, you know, and I know it was a relatively low budget movie, but it certainly had more money than the original. Then at the end, it surprises you with like, way bigger production values sure. than you would have expected. There's that giant deadite. There's a vortex into oh the middle God. ages. Yeah. 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 Like you kind of br- falling from the sky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I love the way that this movie expands out. Like, it's a cabin in the woods movie. And like the original Evil Dead, like the reason why they were shooting a cabin in the woods movie, it's because it's fucking, it's easy to do, right? You can do it with no money. Yeah. And then to like have that and like expand it out when you think that you're going to be stuck in like this box. And then when you go to medieval fucking wherever, it's amazing. <laughs> you're like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I did not think that was going to happen on this vacation. <laughs> Well, also, we should touch on, like, I I guess part of the reason why we thought this could work as an episode is it's been in the news a little lately that the the TV show that this spawned is not coming back. And that Bruce Campbell has said, officially, the character's done. He's not going to do it anymore. Yeah. Um, It must be weird to be in that. Like, it must be like down his boomstick. Like a musician who, like, writes a song and then has to play it for the rest of their lives because it's, like, their hit. Like, that that must be what, like, Bruce Campbell is going through, where he plays this one character to begin with, and that's the only character he's ever played. Well, he's played other characters, but, like, that's his main thing. His most requested character. Elvis. Oh, Briscoe County, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. did you guys watch the TV show? I no. watched the first season. It was great. Yeah, yeah. Did so you? why didn't you keep watching it? You could have kept it going. <laughs> <laughs> stars needed you, man. Uh, I'm Bruce sorry. Campbell needed you. I'm so sorry, stars. Yeah, no, it was really a lot of fun. It was really gross. It was. It had all the lines that you wanted that were like in Army of Darkness yeah. and the Army of Darkness perfected, I'd say, because there's some stuff in this movie that are like leading up to lines. Like he puts the thing on and goes groovy, you know, like there's there's that stuff yeah. where you start getting the, the superhero ash uh, right away. Man, I really love Sam Raimi's style. And I I think I watched so much Xena and Hercules when I was a kid, <laughs> like that sort of sense of humor, which like mm. he produced and directed yeah. a whole bunch of stuff. It's it's like all in me, I think. Yeah. Like some of it plays so easily. You know what? Watching it this time around, it, the sound design in this movie is amazing. Like yeah. it, it's part of the horror yeah, of it. It's also sure. part of the comedy of it. But it's such loud noises mashed with camera movement and then just quiet, quietude. It's just it's amazing how it, how it flip-flops back and forth and makes everything so surprising that's happening on screen. Yeah. Yeah. Good yeah. job, Sam Raimi's sound guy. <laughs> yeah. And also, I was going to say, if you like Xena, she's in the TV show. Oh, yeah. oh is she? Yeah. Yeah. Lucy Lawless is great. She is? Yeah. Yeah. I, she was, I of course, on Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> Good point. I never finished the first season. I'll, I'll have to do that. I enjoyed it, but... Uh, yeah. It was kind of yeah. It was kind of hard watching him just be a jerk, because he, he wasn't so much a jerk in Army of Darkness, like Ash. But he's supposed to be, like, arrogant. He kind of... He yeah. sounded like... Overconfident. 
he just seemed like Bruce Campbell sounds on like podcasts. <laughs> you know? He does podcasts, <laughs> which is, yeah, he was, I didn't want to say he was supposed to be our guest. He's yeah. the one that fell through. <laughs> ah, turns out we don't know him or how to contact him. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, stay tuned for next week's guest. Robert Mueller is going to come and talk about a uh, cool world. <laughs> <laughs> Good choice, Rob. Yeah. Good choice. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I watched it partly just because, you know, it's one of those things sometimes with these reboots. It's like, I have to watch it because my 13 year old self would be like, there's a sitcom based on evil dead. Yeah. How can you not see that? But I don't know. It's weird. It's, it's good. Yeah, I, there were some great sequences in it, but I, I do feel like I don't know if this is something that needed to be revisited. Right, like, no. I kind of made my peace with the franchise being over. Yeah. No, like, I don't know. Do you think it'll develop its own following, or do you think, like, it's just going to be seen as, like, an ancillary sort of, it's like, oh, yeah, they did a TV show of that. Kind of, yeah. Think it might, I think it might develop a following. I think there, I mean, I haven't seen all of it, but, like, the stuff I saw, there were, like, a couple of really great sequences and Raimi did the pilot. Yeah. Yeah. Directed it. Yeah, yeah. Ted Raimi. <laughs> well, I think Ted Raimi worked on the rest of it, but Sam Raimi did do the uh, first episode. Awesome. And, and Ted Raimi's I like in Ted this Raimi. movie, too, because he's in every one of Sam Raimi's movies. Yeah. He yeah. plays the, the old woman. Henrietta. The, yeah, yeah, Henrietta. Yeah. Buried her in the cellar. <laughs> but not, yeah. well, not when she's like in her human form, which does make me feel kind of bad for that actress. Yeah. Like, what, does she want to do all that shit with Bruce Campbell? Yeah, that's a good point. We didn't yeah. mention about the Stephen King connection. That's because that's a fun story. Yeah. yeah. It was, I guess it was like someone they had working for the production trying to get Evil Dead 2 made got that they had to fire. Oh, really? Did you not read about it? Okay. They no, had, I, I, I heard that, that it was just they were working on Maximum Overdrive and at lunch talked to Stephen King. It was well, like, it's even better than that because it's, it was this woman was working for the production doing like scheduling or something. and uh, For Evil For Evil Dead okay. 2 trying to get it made for okay. their production company. And they weren't able to find financing. They had to fire her. And she moved down south, was working on a bunch of movies, and worked on Maximum Overdrive, was talking to Stephen King. And he's like, what else have you been working on? And she said, well, I was working with the guys trying to make Evil Dead 2, but we couldn't get financing. And Stephen right. King, who, you know, they used the pull quote yeah. from him seeing Evil Dead on, like, mm-hmm. all the posters. It helped get the movie uh, distributed. In, I think got it in cans or whatever. Yeah, he saw got it in, in cans. He saw it in cans. But he was like, they can't get it financed. I'm going to call Dino De Laurentiis right yeah. now. <laughs> get me Italy. Yeah. On the phone. <laughs> get me Dino De Laurentiis, the prime minister of Italy. <laughs> I assume. Yeah. Yeah. So they, he, he basically just set it up for them. Got them the, the, the so cool. coin. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I, I like that Stephen King is not a dick because <laughs> like he really helps people who make art. Like he really loves his genre and helps mm-hmm. people who are like, he loves radio it. too. He loves everything. Oh, he's a guest. He doesn't love uh, podcasts, I guess. He, no, he's a, he's a guest in two weeks. Oh, okay, he's going to come on and talk about uh, "We're Back" a dinosaur story. <laughs> Chilling. Uh, That'd be amazing. So I think we're about to sort of wrap up Evil Dead Two. Jam, what did you think? You've watched this movie a lot. You... I've watched it a lot, and every time I yeah, I find it rewatchable. I think it's great. I mean, like, there's one or two things you could nitpick but overall it's just i mean it's a fun ride it's never gonna not be a fun ride i don't think and i don't think it feels dated because they're doing so many ingenious things with the uh the setup yeah and it's a timeless comedy it kind of is yeah like that three stooges sort of vaudevillian sort of Mm -hmm. yeah all right what about you blaine 
yeah, I loved watching it. It's so corny and crass and crazy and other words. And I love like what it's done for film. Like uh, people have watched this. Like Edgar Wright watched this and was right. like, "Oh, you horror comedy is a thing I can do with my life. I can do Shaun of the Dead." And so it, <laughs> I know how to edit every scene now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's just it's, it's that wasn't a knock on Edgar Wright, by the way. Edgar Wright. No, I, I love Edgar Wright. Yeah. I mean, he'd be the first to say that he took a lot from Definitely. Yeah, yeah, well, and he did. That's why. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And uh, it's a fun movie to watch. I haven't seen Evil Dead 1 in a long while. And well, I, we got to do it next since we're doing them in reverse order. <laughs> <laughs> Another yeah. couple of years. Yeah. But yeah, I just loved this movie, I think more than, than, uh, than Evil Dead 1, but not as much as Army of Darkness. That still holds a place oh. in my heart. Still holds a place in my heart. But yeah, what did you think, Rob? Take us home. Well, some of it I found kind of hard to watch, I'm going to be honest. But I think the movie does so much that I kind of want to forgive that. And I know I'll watch it again somewhere down the road. I think it's really innovative in a lot of ways. And I think the way that it sort of shows its strings a bit. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember really getting into these movies because, yeah, like the first Evil Dead was an independent film. A bunch of people just, it took them like six years. A bunch of friends put it together. And it was like, this thing that was really amazing and beautiful in its way. And then it grew into their careers and into this huge beloved franchise. Like that's inspiring for anybody who wants to create things, particularly in movies or media or whatever. Mm -hmm. So just for watching it like that, it's super valuable. You, You could teach a filmmaking course based on this movie. Some of it would be what not to do. Yeah, but some of it would be like, and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, they can definitely do that with the first one. Be like, don't poke your actors with a stick. <laughs> <laughs> if yeah, go. If people haven't read like the history of the making of the first one, oh my it's god, as good if not better than the movie itself. It's such a great story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I do think it's rewatchable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so rewatch it. Yeah, if you dare. <laughs> I wish that I knew more of the quotes of this movie, or I wish I could like slip them into the context, but I just want to scream, you'll be dead by dawn! <laughs> yeah, just the tagline of the movie. <laughs> Join us! There's so many good hammy voices. Yeah. But that's rewatchability for this week. <laughs> you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, or Stitcher, or Spotify. Also, on Apple Podcasts, rate us and leave a review. It really helps us. You could be like our Stephen Kings, but you don't have to talk to an Italian guy. (laughs) (laughs) But you could. Italian guys are great. Also, you can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and don't forget that Patreon thing. Oh, also, if you want to support us, you could buy a T-shirt, which Mm -hmm. JM has designed several designs, including Mm -hmm. the rewatchability logo, and there's the Gotta Go Rickman shirt. Yeah. And they're awesome. Bill Murray and Chewbacca? Yeah, that was just something I drew for work that I was like, I'll throw this in there too. Sweet. But it's there. Yeah. It was good. You could wear that (laughs) to your family photos or somewhere you don't want to be somewhere. Anyway. <laughs> just insulting his t-shirt right at the end. Just wear it so you can mess the photo up. That was not groovy. <laughs> Sorry, Jim. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.